And thanks once again for joining us here on PM Expert. There is a conversation brewing in Parliament, but in diplomatic circles, sparked by the U.S. ambassador to Ghana, and it's about Ghana's anti-gay bill. Her comments have attracted sharp criticism from some members of Parliament. In fact, in one case, one MP asked the U.S. ambassador to go to hell. That's how bad it is. But what did she actually say? Listen. Honest Parliament is con considering a bill that would curtail the human rights of the LGBT community, their families, allies, and quite frankly, all Ghanaians. Everybody has opinions about the issue, and I respect those opinions very much, even if I disagree with them. But very few people have read the bill. I think very few people understand that the reality is that the bill undermines the basic free speech rights that Ghanaians otherwise enjoy. The goal of the bill, the drafters are not shy about advertising, is to make Ghana hostile, not only to LGBT people, but to anyone who even sympathizes with them. It seeks to make illegal all discussion and all media that even mentions LGBT issues. So journalists would be arrested, landlords would be arrested, mothers and fathers could be arrested. If passed, the bill will make it harder for you not only to recruit and hire the best people from overseas, but it will marginalize educated and hardworking Ghanaians by making it clear that they are unwelcome. I have no doubt that such legislation would have a chilling effect on Ghana as an investment destination. Companies have already talked to me about American consumers being unwilling to buy things that are made in a country with such repressive legislation. It will make it harder for me to sell Ghana as an investment and trade destination. But the legislation, in addition to undermining public health and public order, would reduce forex inflows, cut into your bottom line, and reduce your workforce options. Not something Ghana's suffering business environment needs now. In other words, if this is passed by Parliament, it's going to have a devastating economic impact on an already suffering economy. And she used those words, suffering, right? Let me bullet for you what you just heard there. One, legislation will reduce forex inflows, reduce the workforce options. It will make Ghana hostile, not only to the LGBTQ people, but to anyone sympathizing with them. And she says the bill will also make discussions relating to it illegal, undermine free speech, but it is the economic implications that we, we are paying attention to that she highlights. It will affect, she says, Ghana as an investment destination. And then she warns that American consumers have told her that they will not be buying goods from companies that do business in countries that have such repressive legislation. And so for her, this bill, if it's passed, is going to be repressive, and that American consumers will reject goods coming from Ghana. She also says it will make it harder for you to recruit and hire because, of course, if you want the best, you possibly want to go to the U.S. Uh, and, and bring them in. She says that is going to be difficult for Ghanaian businesses to do best people from overseas. They won't come because, again, she believes we have a repressive legislation that criminalizes LGBTQ. And then she also talks about it to make it. Now she's talking about herself. She is already laying the foundations, warning us what will happen, that the U.S. will no longer sell Ghana or will make it more difficult for Ghana, for the U.S. to sell Ghana as an investment and trade destination. Those are pretty serious points that she lays out for us. And for the very first time in a long time, she lays out the consequences in black and white. Okay, let's look at what the facts tell us. How much will we lose if anything she says here 
should materialize. We started tracking the, our trade relationship with the U.S., and this is according to the, uh, the United States Census Bureau, the OEC, but also the United States Trade Representative, and they pulled together the data, right? And if you look at the data, we are exporting quite a bit to the United States. As, in fact, 2022, the last time data is available, $2.8 billion worth of goods we exported to the United States. So that's good money coming in. We need that Forex for our economy. 2021, $1.7 billion. If you come to 2020, and this is the COVID years, $716 million worth of goods that we exported. Now, how does this compare to what we import from the U.S.? And if you look at that, again, from the same sources, we wanted to check all of them to make sure that we have the accurate picture. You begin to see, again, go back to 2022, we are importing from the U.S. an estimated $975 million worth of goods in terms of goods and services coming in from the U.S. And if you go to 2021, again, 957. Now, that tells you a story, right? That tells you a story that I want to show you here, because you begin to see that we actually have a trade surplus with the United States. In other words, as you've seen already, we are exporting more to the U.S. than we are importing. So as she says that, if what she says actually materializes, she is warning us that American consumers will be rejecting what we are exporting to them. This $2.76 billion worth of goods that we are exporting to them, she says, American consumers will be rejecting Keeping them honest, we'll come to that pretty shortly. Is that really the case for other countries that U.S. trades with that have far more draconian legislation against LGBTQ? We'll see, so that we can put it in proper context. But that's the warning from her, if you look at what the stats tell us and what the numbers are telling us in terms of our trade relationship. Now, if, again, look at a country like Uganda, we, we try to also bring in what other African countries have done and what the consequences were for them. Uganda, tracking what they did when it comes to anti-LGBTQ laws. In February 2014, they activated this particular uh, bill. In June 2014, U.S. then imposes the sanctions on them right after they did so. And in March 2023, uh, the new bill on the LGBTQ becomes law, right? Now, that, that was important. They, they didn't back off, although for a period that became an issue for them. And the consequences were very clear. The U.S. then funds for the programs were withdrawn. They had the military. And as we know, they were then forced to annul the anti-homosexual act at some point. But they came back very strongly because they, they believed that that's what they had to do. It represents their values as a country. And so they stuck to it. And then if you begin to then expand on the impact, for example, on the, on the trade relationship between Uganda and the United States... This is the picture that emerges. You begin to see how in 2014, when the, the law was first enacted, you look at the blue line here talking about the imports, and then you look at the red line talking about the exports. You will see that in their case, it's a bit different, right? They were obviously importing far more than they were exporting. So they have a trade deficit with the, with the United uh, States there. But then everything else began to go down and began to climb back again. But by the time that it comes to 2022, as you can see, it's neck and neck, they're about. But did it have an impact there? You may say then, of course, because if you look at the year before 2013, they were still 
importing quite significant amount of goods and services from the U.S. So in, in that case, you see that they will say, well, look, in effect, you're benefiting off us. We're buying a lot from, from you. So we really don't need you in this particular circumstance. And as it plays out later in the year, uh, later down the line in 2022, you see the picture there. And I want to do the comparison for you, as you see here, in terms of how it pans out in the trade relationship there. Let's just pay attention to see, see the drop. As of the time in, in March, and this is just the, the year of 2023, when they reactivated it. This was big international news. And this is a 2023 as they activated this. Over the time when they activated this, they, the, you know, the trade relationship there, uh, you look at the imports was at 16.2 million. In comparison to us, it was, it was pretty tiny, a drop in the ocean. And they come to uh, 13.6 million when it comes to the uh, amount of goods that they were exporting to the U.S. So that relationship there uh, was a deficit situation. But if you travel down the months, you see it drops all the way from 16 to 4.8 million in terms of the imports. And then for the exports, it's 7.5 million. But this is the interesting part. In September, when the last data is available, you actually begin to see that they, they switch to a trade surplus, although the total value has dropped. That is also interesting because they begin now to export more than they are importing from the U.S. And so if the U.S. consumers, of course, are interested, why, for example, do we have, yes, quantum is so small, but you have a, but you have a surplus there for them when they have mostly been in a deficit situation. Again, that's an interesting point to note as we examine the, uh, the warnings that we've seen over the period. And then we go to a country like Saudi Arabia, a country that the U.S. does business with very aggressively, but they have a far more draconian regime than we could never imagine, because if, if, if you see what they have there, it's a de facto situation. You don't have a, a particular explicit law, but you know you just don't do it. If a married man engaged in sodomy, you know the consequence. You'll be stoned to death. You will be stoned to death. Now Muslims engage in sodomy, again, you're facing stoning. And so for them in their case, it is almost a death sentence there. Also, Sassamite is also illegal. This is, this is a country with draconian legislation on this matter. But what is the situation with, with the U.S.? And this is a subject of keeping them honest. On the screen here, I, I really wish you could see this part of the screen because it's important, because it shows you that story of, of what is happening there. Because, look, the United States is actually importing far more from the Saudi Arabia than Saudi Arabia is, is importing from them. And that is a very interesting point indeed. Just look at that here, 23.3 billion in terms of U.S. imports from Saudi Arabia, compared to 11.4 billion in terms of the uh, U.S. export to Saudi Arabia. That tells you a story, right? So if you take the Virginia Palmer's point, we're kind of far more draconian legislation. Why is it that the U.S. is importing 23. Three billion. In fact, the U.S. is in a deficit situation. In other words, it contradicts Virginia Palmer's point. But the U.S. consumers like Saudi Arabian goods and services. They are, as you see, importing far more from Saudi Arabia than Saudi Arabia is actually taking from them. So what's the situation here? And that's a story about keeping them honest. Is this hypocrisy on the part of the U.S., as some have suggested? Or is just something else at play here that we need to unpack. And my guests will join us for a conversation pretty shortly on this. Because, or is it because 
this is an African country, as one of the uh, MPs had suggested yesterday, that because it's Africa, we are poor, she can throw the threats around. But some facts are facts, right? And, and that says what it is, because you really want to ask yourself the question. So the, the, these U.S. consumers, they don't know the draconian legislations in the, in the U.S. And this data is according to the U.S.'s own United States Census Bureau, telling us a story of what is happening in terms of the trade relationships here with the U.S. importing from Saudi Arabia $23.3 billion as against what Saudi Arabia itself, the U.S. is, is exporting to Saudi Arabia. And that, that's a very interesting uh, scenario uh, to, to look at. And then you look at the situation with Ghana when it comes to um, foreign direct investment. And a, and a case in point, that could be threatened, right? It's, uh, it's a case there of 2022 of 1.3 billion. This is something we, we desperately need. Will this be affected also? These are the facts. Let's bring in my guest after the short break for, for a really honest conversation. Now that we know what will happen to us according to the U.S., is the cost too high? Is the price too high for us to pay? Should we soldier on? To the passage of this particular bill, or considering our current dire economic circumstance, should we pause for thought? My guess after this. That's true. It can store a lot of water. That's so true. Wow. It has a working surface it. Mm-hmm. That's so true. I can see S-I-N-T-E-X syntax. That is so true, my daughter. When it falls down, it will spoil That's not true. But why? Hey! Syntex <laughs> <laughs> was the first to introduce double layer tanks in Ghana. Syntex again was the first to introduce white inner layers in Ghana. Syntex gives you the biggest warranty seven years. No matter your water needs, Syntex is the answer. Syntex tank. Are you strong? Are you tough? Every day, people have money emergencies. I need my school fees. Emergency. Mommy, chop money. Emergency. 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 Catch it. I'm your rent. Emergency. Now, there's a new emergency number in town. More money, more money, Charlie, and enjoyment. At the top life, we got. Dial star 770 hash for all your money emergencies and chop life. Dial star 770 hash for money emergencies and get easy and quick access to your money, loans, and other banking needs. Echo Bank, the Pan African Bank. Ghana Jollof or Nigeria Jollof? Ghana Jollof has no co-equal. The smell alone. Oh my God. Mother shift. You two, they lie. Eh? Now they save you when they use Google Ladies and then they go put them for two. Yes. You are lying. Ghana Jollof. Ooh. Ghana Jollof.
Of goats may differ in football, music, and jollof. Alumo Betis always brings us together. Alumo experience greatness in every moment. <laughs> Drink responsibly. Not for sale to persons under 18 and recommended to pregnant women. This advert is FDA approved. One, two, give it a dance. Let's go. Sir. Hello, with everybody for your favorite TV game show, Step Up, is back with another amazing season. This time, we are stepping up with Syntex Tank. Step Up with Syntex Tank will see contestants answer questions of their choice and win over 6,000 Ghana CDs cash prize weekly and other products from our sponsors. This season, viewers at home should watch out for the Syntex Tank question of the week. Be the first to answer correctly via WhatsApp or send SMS to 050-833-8888 and win incredible prizes. The person who answers most of the weekly questions correctly and fastest gets a 65-inch Samsung TV at the end of the season. Step up with Syntex Tank, showing on Joy Prime every Sunday, 7.30 p.m. Sponsored by Bell Ice, MTN Momo, Angel Cola, powered by Syntex Tank. Joy Prime, your ultimate experience. Daddy, Daddy, this tank is big. Yes, that's true. It can store a lot of water. That's so true. Wow, it has a working tortoise on it. Mm-hmm. That's so true. I can see S I N T E S syntax. That is so true, my daughter. When it falls down, it will spoil. That's not true. But why? Why? <laughs> Syntex was the first to introduce double layer tanks in Ghana. Syntex again was the first to introduce. At Strayer University, we see you striving to work harder and go further. That's why we provide you with the tools you need to get there, like offering a brand new laptop when you enroll in a bachelor's program. So you can do your coursework anytime, anywhere, and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Eligibility rules, restrictions, and exclusions apply. Connect with us for details. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Time is of the essence with COVID-19. Prescription oral treatment must be taken within the first five days of symptoms. If you have a high-risk factor, ask your doctor if treatment is right for you. Learn more at TreatCovid19.com. Sponsored by Pfizer. And now, a special motorcycle weather report from Progressive. And today's forecast, expect a steady breeze with 100% chance of twisting down those country back roads gleefully on your motorcycle. Some will want you, others will want to be you, and animals everywhere will yearn for opposable thumbs just to work that throttle like you do. Oh, <laughs> nature's cruel design. That's your forecast, back to you. This has been a special motorcycle weather report from Progressive, where every day's a beautiful day to ride with 24-7 roadside assistance from America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Roadside assistance subject to policy terms and limits and may require comprehensive coverage. White inner layers in Ghana. Syntex gives you the biggest warranty. Seven years. No matter your water needs, Syntex is the answer. Syntex tank. Are you strong? Are you tough?
so cool, so clean. My newfound love and buddy, AquaDot Natural Mineral Water, made under strictly hygienic conditions with modern technology to ensure your quality. With AquaDot Natural Mineral Water, your safety is at heart. For bulk purchase, call 0257-205656 or 0559-765777. You can also visit us at Hatcho Ecomog Accra or Dotlan Noi Limited. Hatcho Rabbit, Aquadot Natural Mineral Water. This advert is FDA approved. Refreshing apple cider. Drink responsibly. Not for sale to persons under 18. I recommend it to pregnant women. This advert is FDA. Prepare for an exhilarating experience at the main fair of the 2023 EcoBank Joy News Habitat Fair. Join us at the Accra International Conference Center from Thursday, November 23rd to Sunday, November 26th, 2023. Doors will be open from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. each day to welcome you. This year, we are diving into the theme of home ownership, exploring the nuances between affordability, comfort, and luxury. Whether you're embarking on your home ownership journey or looking for upgrades, this fair is your destination for all things housing. Encounter a comprehensive assembly of stakeholders from Ghana's housing and construction sectors. Engage the experts across the spectrum of home creation and enhancement. The EcoBank Joy News Habitat Fair is in partnership with EcoBank, the Pan-African Bank, and powered by the Planned City Extension Project from Cities and Habitats, Rent to Own, and sponsored by Elegant Homes and General Constructions Limited, where quality meets value. Global Lighting, your solution to quality lighting. Syntex Tank, Air Strong, Air Tough. Springfield Estates, where dreams are built. Virtual Security, Complete Security Solution. DBS, your roof experts. Virtual InfoSec Africa, Security Solutions by Design. Alphabet City, the ABC of Home Sweet Home. St. Gobain Weber, Jiprock, Prorock, Placo, Isover. Making the world a better home. Clifton Homes, beautiful homes, wise investments. The Kissington Heights, Airport City, Kumasi, by HDG Homes Limited. Thanks for staying with us on PM Express. PM Express is always brought to you by Syntex Tanks. It is strong, it is tough. Alomo Beaters experience greatness in every moment. Ghana AIDS Commission, Syntex Tank is the tank I always recommend for you because it is first to introduce the double layer tank and now you can have as many layers as you want. Syntex Tanks is first to introduce the white inner layer tanks in Ghana. We now introduce you to the customer specs order which lets you order any color and size of preference. Syntex Tanks it gives you the Longest warranty of seven years, which no other time gives you in Ghana. So whatever your water consumption, size of project or demand, choose Syntex Tanks. We have agents nationwide, 0244-335-168, or shop online at SyntexGH.com. 
a strong, a tough. My guest joining me tonight, uh, Sam George, is the MP for Ningo Pram Pram. He was recently at the United Nations talking exactly about this. He is one of the uh, proponents of this particular bill in Parliament. Michael Augustus uh, Agabo is a senior programs officer at the Human Rights and Social Inclusion, CDD. Uh, Ghana joins me in the studio. Rabbi Odamian Sa is head servant, Grace House Chapel International and CEO of Marriage Clinic and also joins us uh, via Zoom uh, tonight. Thank you, gentlemen, for your time on PMS. Sam, Sam, let me start with you. Um, having listened now, it's been a few days since Virginia Palmer spoke. Considering the economic consequences she lays out for us, should we pause for thought? into your listeners, our viewers, and then the rest of the panelists. I believe that the facts and statistics that you shared at the beginning of the program tell half of the story. Um, You need to look at the portfolio of Ghana's exports to the United States. What makes up that $1.7, $1.8 billion? And find out who is that benefiting before you put, and that helps you put into context what Virginia Palmer is saying and the threat she is offering, whether we will place any value on that threat or not. Now, I'm looking at the U.S. Department of Commerce website, the International, the International Trade Administration's own report on Ghana-U.S. trade, and it says that the, the major trade items between Ghana and the U.S. was basically cocoa, crude, and, and for me, if you look at those, and gold, cocoa crude and gold, those are the major exports from Ghana to the U.S. Now, if you look at the companies in that space that are exporting cocoa powder, cocoa paste, or looking at exporting crude oil to the United States, those are not Ghanaian companies, those are American companies. So, yes, it is reflecting as Ghanaian trade to the U.S., but it is not Ghanaian companies and it's not Ghanaians who are making that, who are earning that money. It's American companies working in Ghana and exporting Ghanaian products to America that make up that chunk of trade. So you see, it's important that we, 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 we disaggregate the, the figures that are being churned out. So yes, there appears to be a trade surplus. But is that trade surplus to the benefit of Ghanaian businesses and Ghanaian citizens? No. It's American businesses trading in Ghana, trading in gold, trading in crude, and trading in cocoa. But these, they are the these, ones, these businesses will pay taxes to us. They will employ Ghanaians also. They are you know, set up here. Great benefits to the economy. And, and, and Evans, do you, want to, do you believe that because Ghana is going to pass a law that majority of Ghanaians support an oil business, for example, Cosmos, that we know has American... Uh, part, part ownership, which is working in Ghana and exporting crude. Cosmos will close up shop in Ghana and leave Ghana when Cosmos is also operating in other Gulf countries where they have even more draconian rules. Do you think that because the American ambassador has just said this, Cosmos will close down their investment in Ghana and leave? Do you think that gold buying companies, uh, uh, cocoa buying companies, CBC, uh, license buying com- companies will close up shop and leave? They won't. And the figures you yourself showed from Uganda, Uganda is a much smaller economy. And I'd have loved for you to look at the figures from Nigeria. What people fail to realize is that Nigeria in 2015 
passed an anti-same-sex marriage bill, similar to what Ghana is passing. Nigeria has had that. The Nigerian government took a stand where they told the American government that they would retaliate for any action taken against the American, the Nigerian state. Because of the posture of the Nigerian government, the American, gov- the American government was careful with sanctions or any, of any such or, or any kind on the Nigerian government. So it, it comes back to the posture of the country. It comes back to the stature of the country. Ghana is not Uganda. With the greatest of respect to Uganda, Ghana is the, Ghana is the third largest trading partner of the United States in sub-Saharan Africa, behind South Africa and Nigeria. But the U.S. is our fourth trading partner. So Ghana holds a very unique position on the continent, and Ghana is not going, cannot be treated like Uganda. It comes back to how we position ourselves. But the point I want to make here is this. Ghana's major exports from the U.S. are what? Cars, poultry, cars and poultry products. That's what we really, that's what we really import from the U.S., from, per the U.S. government's own statistics. So that's what I'm saying to you that, look, Virginia Palmer is within her rights to make the comment she's made. But first and foremost, I must state that the things she said about the bill are factually incorrect. Mm. They are not true. There's a difference between reading the bill and understanding the bill. She yeah. clearly has no understanding and, of and the I'll bill. Come, and I'll come to the substance of the bill as she commented on. I want to stay yeah. quickly with on economic issues and, that he touched on. On the economic pain, listen, take it from me. The U.S. is within its rights to flex its muscle. But Ghana is a sovereign state. And if you look at the total amount of aid... The total amount of aid that Ghana received in 2022 from the U.S., it was $150 million. What percentage of our GDP is that again? Mm. Listen, if you, if you put together a few corrupt Ghanaian politicians, they have combined more than $150 million in their, to, their, to their name. That's the total amount of aid. So when, when there's threat of aid, aid, aid being cut, Listen, last year, we're talking just 150 million U.S. dollars. That's all. So are we going to sell our national identity and sovereignty as a state because of 150 million dollars for an economy whose GDP is nearing 100 billion? That's less than 1% of your GDP. Well, stay stay with me, uh, Sam. Let me bring in uh, Michael. Michael, he has a point, as you know, that he makes the point that we can weather the storm if indeed what Virginia Palmer wants ever materializes. You side with that point? Well, I, I don't agree with some George. On Why that. don't you? I don't because, um, look, look at the economic situation right now. I mean, this country is broke. I mean, it's broke, broke. It's not like it's, it's funny. We all know the state of the dire state in which our financial situation is in right now. And if you're looking at what we, we tend to lose in terms of our international trade, with other um, uh, entities, uh, not just the United States, because we are kind of, I think we're just kind of talking about this just in the context that is the United States alone. We, Virginia Palmer is talking about what she's saying is reflecting the sentiment of other uh, international donors. And they're all saying the same thing. So we need to be very careful. Look, last year we got $800 million from Agua, from Agua last year. We stand to have another projected $800 million this year, uh, next year, and also for 2025. So we tend to lose, if you look at the Ugandan case, we tend to lose $1.6 billion from the Agua uh, transaction. That is a huge chunk of money that we tend to lose. 
especially take it how, how how are we going to lose this money because we passed uh, an anti-lgbtq law but that is what happened in uganda the united states on october 30th decided to take uganda out of the agua agreements so uganda is no longer part of agua as we speak so that is a substantial loss of income of revenue to the ugandan government and they are feeling the pinch in uganda so to say that uh, we're going to weather the storm because cost boss, for instance, might decide to still pursue to do business in Ghana. You are just kind of limiting the argument, just, just a small segment of what kind of trade we engage in with, uh, with the United States. We have to move beyond. We have to even look at what our tourism industry is going to suffer from, from this. Well, how, how would that affect the tourism industry? Well, um, just think about it. Part of one of the, one of the, um, uh, one of the things in the clause is the clause addressing um, um, uh, uh, um, clause, which basically says that by some weird way of definition that um, men cannot dress like women, women cannot dress like men, um, is in the clause, right? So by definition, should I decide to even pierce my ear or should a woman decide to wear pants, that's considered to be cross-dressing. I mean, that, that appears to me like a misreading of the act itself. Because if you pierce your ear, I mean, why would that be interpreted as, as being homosexual? Well, it's not homosexual. We're not talking homosexual. We're talking cross-dressing. We've got to make the distinction. And uh, the fundamental, I mean, foundation on which this bill itself has been laid, I feel, has been very misleading or has been confusing. Because we seem to substitute rights... For homosexuality. There are two different things. The homoerotic act of two men engaging in sex has nothing to do with rights. Rights are the bedrock of our democracy. And we'll, we'll come to those substantive issues in the act, which is, is something some George has touched on. But your point is that we cannot afford the economic pain that this will bring, as Virginia Palmer had, had brought, oh, we, brought on. Oh, we can. But, 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 but I need to put to you, I mean, I, I'll tell enough what my presentation at the beginning. The U.S. ambassador says, well, the consumers, I, cannot, I can no longer vouch for you in the U.S. I, I cannot sell Ghana anymore. U.S. consumers will not buy Ghanaian goods. And considering that we're exporting more to the U.S. than we're importing, that could be dangerous, right? But then you go to Saudi Arabia with far more draconian anti-gay, and no, not even laws, it's just societies against it, and they'll stone you to death. U.S. is buying and importing from Saudi Arabia far more, $23 billion worth more of goods than they are actually uh, exporting to Saudi Arabia. That's, there's, there's some hypocrisy there, is it not? That the, these same U.S. consumers who will not buy our goods because we've, we've passed an anti-gay law cannot get enough of Saudi Arabia goods and services. Well, I, I think to... Shouldn't we then take this with a pinch of salt, these, these, these threats to us? Well, you should look at your position and power in any, in any negotiation. What kind of power do you hold in the negotiation? We always have to come back to that. Yes, Ghana is a sovereign state. But in the, state, in the space of international negotiations, do we hold the clout that Saudi Arabia has? Saudi Arabia could decide today to say, okay, we are going to cut back on how much oil we are producing, okay? And the whole world will feel the pinch of it. Can we do the same in Ghana? Do we have that clout that Saudi Arabia has? I mean, and to get into the point, I feel like sometimes the comparison can be very misleading too. We're talking about a full-fledged democratic society comparing itself to a theocratic society. 
in terms of how it manages or man, uh, uh, how it manages its, uh, itself. So we need to be looking at we need to be looking at the reality of the fact. What is the bargaining power in the international space when it comes to Ghana and the United States? Let, let me bring in Rabbi Damiansa. Mr. Damiansa, now if you if you listen to Michael, Michael is clear that yeah, you, you, we're looking at the U.S. now because the U.S. ambassador has spoken. But the impact she talks about goes beyond the U.S. It goes to the European countries themselves, right? You, you talk about France, UK, all of them will have similar reactions to us. And where we are currently, the economic consequences, he talks about agua. If you put that number down and you begin to imagine that for a country like us bleeding uh, on a daily basis, this clearly is something that we must reconsider. Thank you very much, and um, uh, good evening to your viewers. I agree with some George, and uh, I think that we must be radical about this. Sure, all these aids, these loans, and whatever name they may call them, what have they done to Ghana that we are still interested in taking aids and trading with these people? What have they done to us? Well, it brings us jobs. It brings us money to fund our budget. It's, 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 what, it's what we actually live on. Okay, so then what, what has become of it? So it tells us that that is not really what we need. We need something more than what we are going in for. If things can go wrong, things can also go right. Mr. Mensah, things can go right. Let's look at what is making things go wrong after all these aids and all these loans and all those things that we are looking at so that we are becoming afraid to, to pass this bill. You understand? Let's look at it critically. It has not helped us, and it will never help us. You see, we are too loyal to dysfunction. That thing is not functioning. That thing is not working. And we are loyal and dedicated to them. You don't know what is wrong with the black man. I, I totally disagree with... Um, Michael? Uh, the, the, Michael? No, the gentleman at the studio. Michael, yeah. Yes, I totally disagree with him. I totally disagree with him. If Wait, we what exactly? Do you, dis do you disagree that, do disagree that $800 million, I mean, from Agua, if we lose it, will actually, that's what he says, will actually cost this economy greatly in jobs, in income, in forex? Well, yes, it, it will cost us, but let's look at cost for what? It will cost us, but our dignity and our human dignity will be preserved. We can be treated and live our lives like, forgive me, listeners and viewers, like animals. I mean, lizards don't live that way. Dogs don't live that way. No animal lives that way. So because of what we will eat and what we will drink, what we will wear, and those things, we have to sell our birthright and something that is foreign to us, we accept them. Why? I, I don't understand this. For, for once, let's be radical. Let's go the Nigerian way. Let's walk. 
At Sierra University, we've been empowering students to pursue their goals for over 130 years. From innovative degree programs and helpful tools to campus locations focused on creating community for international students, we can help you find your way forward. We even offer international students 25% off tuition on select degree programs. Visit Sierra.edu to learn more. Eligibility rules, restrictions, and exclusions apply. Sierra University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Time is of the essence with COVID-19. Prescription oral treatment must be taken within the first five days of symptoms. If you have a high-risk factor, ask your doctor if treatment is right for you. Learn more at treatcovid19.com. Sponsored by Pfizer. These people, as they are warning us... But, but we, don't have the same, we, 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 don't have the, we don't have the same economic might as, as Nigeria has some. We say that the comparison, it, it, it's, not, it's, it's not the same thing. Yes, we may not have it, but you know what? It starts from somewhere. The question is, the question is, all these things, we may not have the same economic might and all that Nigeria has, we don't have. All that we are getting from the U.S. and from these people, what have they done to Ghana? That is my question. If they have done something good to Ghana, fine. After all these things, look at where our economy is. Nothing is for free. These people, they give you something, they take big things out. So it will not help us. When you find yourself in a pit, you don't dig pits to cover a pit. You, 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 you sacrifice to get yourself out of the pit. Mm. And it's like we want to dig more pits to, to cover a pit. What kind of what, what kind of wisdom is this? Yeah, Mr. Damansa. Mr. Damansa, stay with me. Um, Sam George, you have a real practical problem on your hands. If Virginia Palmer can say what she said there last two days publicly, imagine what she's telling our representatives, the finance minister, the government representatives, who, of course, in diplomatic circles, they talk quite frequently. For, a, for a, a government that is supervising an economy that is facing the worst economic crisis in a generation, sound bites like what we've had there will mean a lot, which can translate to members in the House who you need to get that bill passed. That is a real challenge that you face now, considering where the economy is. Well, Evans, let me state emphatically that be it the president, the vice president, or the finance minister, or whoever in government, Virginia Palmer is speaking to in private, must know that they owe fidelity to the Ghanaian people, not the U.S. ambassador. That's the first point we need to make. Now, secondly, just before I go into the details of what, what that portends for parliament, let me state that, respectfully, I disagree with Michael and the figures he's put out. It's, 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 it's disingenuous to put out headline figures and say that Ghana loses $800 million. U.S. dollars from Agua. That's not correct. Last year, we did not get $800 million. Evans, you know what $800 million will do for Ghana's agriculture? Which part of Ghana's agriculture did we get $800 million? The reality is the, of the fact is that the U.S. government gave Ghana $32 million. $32 million in agricultural aid in 2022. Not $800 million. I challenge Michael Adami to show you which inflows of $800 million he's talking about. If they tell you Agua has a potential of $800 million, does it mean that Ghana has used $800 million? 
And in fact, if you say Agua alone was 800 million in our agri sector, the figures you put out as Ghana's exports, what portion of that is? There's that 800 million feeling. Secondly, uh, respectfully, my brother Michael shows you the point I made that persons against this bill, including the U.S. ambassador, are reading, but there's a difference between reading and understanding. And, and, and I know Michael is highly competent, but I mean, for the purposes of whatever agenda that they are pushing, they will choose to read without understanding. He makes reference to cross-dressing in the bill and says that if he pierces his ear and wears an earring, he can be arrested. For someone as educated and highly competent as Michael is, it's most unfortunate to do, to do that. And for the purposes of our viewers and our listeners, let me run a quick crash course in the bill. Section 10 or clause 10 of the bill is titled Prohibition of Gross Indecency. Now, 10.2 says, 10.2c, for purposes of this section, grossly indecent act means intentional cross-dressing to portray that the person is of a gender different from the gender assigned at birth with intent to engage in an act prohibited under this act. Now, for you to establish criminality in common law, you must have the act and the, and the intent. Actus rules and mens rea. The actus rules here is the intentional cross-dressing. Mens rea is the intent. What is the intent behind the dressing? So piercing your ear alone does not mean that you're falling foul of this law. But piercing your ear and dressing as a woman with the intent to commit an act that is prohibited, not, not just any act, but a specific act prohibited under this law. And what are the acts prohibited under this law? They are found in Section 6. This is, a, this is an act of parliament. It's not a storybook. It's an act of parliament. Section 6 says, a person commits an offense under this act if they hold out as a lesbian, a gay, a transgender, a transsexual, a queer, a pansexual, an ally, or a non-binary person. So you can only be found guilty by a competent court of jurisdiction if you are prosecuted for intentional cross-dressing to portray yourself as a person of a different gender. If your intent was to portray yourself as one of the seven or eight uh, 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 gender identities that this law finds regressive. But if you are a man, for example, Evans, you are a man and you decide that you want to take part in one of George Weafi's stage play or Uncle Ebo White's stage play. And as a man, you are acting as a woman. Your intent is to entertain your, 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 your guest. Your intent is not to portray yourself as a transgender. Your intent is to carry out an educational and entertainment purpose. This law does not hold you liable for anything. This is the misrepresentation. In fact, it is intentional disinformation and misinformation. By persons who ought to know better, the U.S. ambassador is guilty of it, Michael in your studio is guilty of it, and several other persons who are pushing this. Look, anyone, I'll end on the question you asked. Will this have any effect on members of parliament? I have said this several times, and the Speaker of Parliament did say when we did the second reading of this bill. There is no member of parliament who can stand on the floor of the House of Parliament and say, that they will vote or fight against this bill. Yeah, but they will not, they will not say that publicly. But if it comes I'm down to a vote... I'm telling you this, because the, speak, and the speaker did it when we did the second reading. 
The speaker said any member of parliament who is opposed to the bill at the second stage of reading, he gave the floor that they should rise and speak. Your cameras were there. Didn't Nobody did, rise? yes. Nobody did. Nobody did. Because you cannot. Because you see, Evans, I don't sit in parliament because I am some judge and I am handsome. No, I know I'm handsome, yes, but it's not my finest that took me to parliament. It's that the people of Ningo Pram Pram voted for me. And that's why before I brought this bill to parliament, I met with my two traditional councils and held 18 town hall meetings in Ningo Pram Pram to ensure that I had the support of the people who voted for me because I knew the weight of the bill I was going to push. No member of parliament will come there. If you come to parliament and come and speak your mind, that is up to you. But bear in mind that you sit in that chair in parliament for a constituency that has chiefs, has pastors, has imams, has traditional authority and religious people, and even atheists. And you will go back to them and answer to them. And your voice on the floor must be representative of the people who send you. And I say to you on authority that of, the, of all the 275 constituencies in Ghana, the National House of Chiefs has representation in every single constituency. The fourth public symposium that this bill had in Kumasi was sponsored by the National House of Chiefs, where the president of the National House of Chiefs, Ojiawawo uh, 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 J.B. II, himself came to speak and said that the National House of Chiefs is fully behind this because there is no traditional area in Ghana that supports homosexuality. So, Evans, I can say on authority that no MP speaking the minds of his people can come to parliament and say they are voting against this because mm. of visa or because of what some... Think well, tank or uh, uh, let, let what me, the ambassador is saying. Let, let, let me hear from Michael. Michael on the, on the point. Uh, you know, I, um, I, I, I hear all that some is saying. But um, what I think is happening, which we uh, sometimes we don't want to say, is that parliament, as we have it today, when it comes to this issue, is beholden to the religious um, block. It is the religious block that is driving this agenda. And it's more so because if you look at the way our country is today, our political elites have more so ceded much of their power to be able to act instrumentally in the way the Constitution requires to make laws and have ceded that space to the religious bloc. So a lot of these talking points in this bill that some judge is talking about, they are all just religious talking points. But you make religious talking points, but the CDD's own research shows that over one majority of Ghanaians favor some judge's position. I don't... So, so, I don't, it, so even if it's religious, it's a representation of the majority view. I do, not disagree, I do not disagree with that. But the point I'm trying to make is that we need to make a clear distinction between tinkering with rights and also criminalizing an act. There are two different things. Homosexuality, which some judge wants to criminalize, it's an act that is, goes against... It's not... A, I mean, think about it. The state deals with crimes. The church deals with sin. But to carry the morality of the issue of sin and to make it a crime, I think it's problematic for, for, for democratic dispensation. And we have to start making that distinction. Then how do we criminalize an identity? Who does that? How, how do you, in any sense, criminalize an identity? I mean, to say that Okay, a time will come. But the law we already have criminalizes unnatural canon knowledge. That's uh, also that's also sinful. The, law, the law. law does not confer rights. The criminal code does not confer rights. The constitution 
is the macro right document. Yeah, but the fundamental point you make is that it, there's a sin and then there's a, there, there's a law. And, and that you cannot take the, the sinful act, which the check obviously should be condemning and, 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 and make it into a law. Right? But we already have that in our act. That's why I'm just mentioning to you. So that, that argument that, of so course... So that is what is makes this whole bill problematic for me, personally. Because if I'm thinking, look, CDD position is not whether this is... Um, CDD is not out here advocating that men can go have sex. That has, that has nothing to do with the issue. For us, it is a human rights issue. It's the same way that should any minority suffer such injustice from society... We will go to bat for that same person. Mm. It doesn't really matter. It could be some judge himself tomorrow. And I could go bat for him if his rights are violated. Or if in any way society decides that they want to regularize the state in a way that they will punish him for being who he is. What about his Agua point? That the 800 million doesn't represent the facts? Well, uh, I mean, it could be that we are looking at data from different places. But this is coming from the Agua, uh, Agua platform. And what does he say? If you have the data, just, just, just go through that. Because he says, obviously, that 800 million cannot begin to represent what, what the trade value is uh, with that. Um, okay, whilst you look for that, I'm going to take a quick break. When I return, I'll hear from uh, Rabbi Odami and, Sa- and, of course, Michael also to wrap up on, on this uh, important conversation. As you've been hearing from the U.S. ambassador to Ghana, Virginia Palmer, laid out in very clear terms for us, what the economic cost will be to Ghana if we dare go ahead and pass the anti-LGBTQ Act. Stay with me.